Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Welcome to the Box Set Pod. This week brought to you by the Box Set Pod. Why Whoa. don't you pop us a review if you haven't yet? The re- reviews mean everything to us. When we started this podcast over a year ago, about a year and a half ago, um, we were obviously begging for reviews because reviews mean love. And uh, they mean the more people who listen, the more people who care about it, the higher up the podcast charts it gets, the better the podcast will get for various reasons. Um, but mostly, it's just to imagine Jamie doing his day job on a grey Thursday afternoon and then he sees that somebody said I love Jamie in a review imagine what that is going to do to his life that's more love than his mother gave him in 35 years that would make that would make me skip to the photocopier and do a little you know photocopy of my bum exactly so make Jamie photocopy his bum Click review on iTunes, click a review there, um, and uh, pop us a review. Thank you very much. This week, um, a box set discussion tonight uh, around man-seeking woman. Is that what it's called? Yes, it is indeed, Harold. I've not seen it. Jamie has, as you can tell. Others are going to join us to discuss it. Um should we bother with it? That's the question. I don't know if I can be bothered. I've got enough to watch. Will they be able to persuade me? What's good about this debate is that it's not a very well-established or that well-known a show, so it's nice to introduce mm. something that might be refreshingly different and you've not heard of yet, a lot of people haven't heard of yet, to your, uh, to your, you know, your smorgasbord of TV. Exactly. Um, Jamie, I've fallen in love with the West Wing again. What? <laughs> Why? Why? It was, what, what, it, what are you up to? It's been on, right? I work at home a lot. Sometimes I want some background noise when I'm doing something that isn't noisy. And um, uh, I just sort of joined in halfway through season five, uh, and it was downloading one one show a week. And I've and I've caught up. And today, bearing in mind that I've got the box set in the DVD <laughs> cupboard next to the TV, I've got the full <laughs> box set. Nonetheless, I spent £60 today (laughs) on iTunes by getting the box set, (laughs) by getting the digital copy. I then had to explain this to my wife, and I secretly (laughs) recorded uh, the conversation. Do you know what I spent £60 on today? I bought on iTunes for the entire West Wing. Wow, you've got it in there. No, but I don't want to put it in the DVD player. Do you want to watch some? No. <laughs> <laughs> oh, the, the sort of disappointment. It's like she doesn't even argue. She just yeah. she, she knows it. She's given. She's lost this battle when she married you. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> exactly. Oh dear. But you yeah. know what it is. It happens again. You know, like we keep saying about. Like, um, it takes a few episodes 
to uh, we say this about every series it takes four episodes to get into it but with the west wing i think it takes it takes a certain time before the penny drops and you go this is so good it's in my blood you know and going back to it i, d- I did the same thing i went back and initially i kind of went i it's looking a bit old aaron sorkin's banging his liberal drum and oh, and yeah. then then a few episodes in i just love the characters so much that again i can't believe that they're not real and i need to i need to watch it always forever until the day i die it's the (laughs) best box set ever and anyone who gives up on it is a fool that's what i say marsha joining us shortly um as is mad what matt matt wandless not mad wandless um in fact should we get matt on now uh, yeah, get him Should on. we get Marsha on as well? Marsha, are you there? I'm here! I when... was really laughing at you and Jamie earlier, that was funny. What, about the West Wing? Uh, no, before that, about... Um... About fools yeah. who give up on the West Wing for silly, <laughs> silly reasons. <laughs> that was funny because you went, I think anyone who gives up is a fool. We're going to patch Marsha in soon. That's correct. <laughs> and um, speaking of fools, heavy breathing as usual, live from London, <laughs> it's Matthew Wandler. It's because I'm lifting things. What are you lifting? Uh, washing Wine? Uh, clothes horses. Clothes horses. Isn't that the job of the servants? Yeah, it's, it's Tuesday night. I give them the night off so they don't make noise during the podcast. Right, okay. I've had to let too many of them go for that. It's getting ridiculous. <laughs> right. We, we've got a friend who got drunk and did a whiz on a clothes horse once. Uh, <laughs> remember was, that? No. Wow. I won't say his name, but he was drunk and there was clothes on this clothes horse obviously and it was near a radiator and he just decided to wee on it (laughs) (laughs) a similar thing happened to me in Tenerife once when my wife apparently woke up to find me weeing on her flip flops Oh. That was a bad night. I thought you were about to tell us an inappropriate story about your wife then. Until that, until that point, which was when I was, it was about two years ago, I'd only <clears> ever <throat> laughed my head off at the idea that people can stand up and go and wee in a cupboard or whatever. But then I did it. Um, <laughs> yep, yep. Do not drink, kids. And um, also, uh, uh, just reminding me of another story, because Jamie's laughing at somebody else, I've got one about Jamie, if you want to hear it. I've never worried yes. on her. Cupboard. No, no, you haven't weed on a cupboard, but when we when we first went away as a group of I friends, don't want to hear it. I don't want to tarnish my opinion of Jamie. <laughs> yeah. When we first went away at the age of about 19 as a group of friends, we went to Barcelona and we hired a house on the coast, down the, and it was great. You could sit on the roof and look out to sea. And it was our first experience of European measures of, of spirits. So you order a Jack Daniels and Coke, and it's mostly Jack Daniels and a a little shot of Coke, you know. Um, Anyway, we also had a friend called Phil Thornley, who was Jamie's childhood neighbour. Jamie and Phil Thornley were sharing the same room. And Phil Thornley was uh, mad about camcorders. And Phil Thornley, who was also drunk, fell asleep whilst filming with his camcorder. What he managed to capture was the moment that Jamie woke up sat on the edge of his bed and was sick into his sink violently 
Phil, you spot the moment when the camera begins to move. Phil wakes up and the first thing he does is point the camera more squarely at Jamie and start and start laughing like Frank Bruno. And you have half an hour of just this <laughs> with Jamie going, Thanks, Phil. <laughs> For half an hour. It's one of the funniest things I've ever seen, and uh, due to the uh, death of VHS, I think it's gone forever. I had heat stroke. <laughs> yeah, that's what it was. <laughs> Jack Daniels stroke. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, well, uh, let's get some news, shall we? Should we find out what's going on on the box set pod.com slash news? Let's, get, let's do a big chunk of TV news. First of all, I just want to quick mention the TV BAFTAs took place uh, on Sunday night. Wolf Hall picking up best drama, best leading actor for Mark Rylance as Thomas Cromwell. Nice to see This Is England 90 picking up awards for best continuing drama. Also supporting actress went to Chanel Cresswell. It's a very good performance from her in there. Has anyone watched This Is England 90? No. Oh, it's epic. It's brilliant. It's also, just... nice to see Mark Rylance, who's been a huge theatre actor in London for his entire life, um, starting to do films. because He's having a corking time. Yeah, he's won, a, was, he's yeah. won a, an Oscar, a BAFTA, and he's in BFG. He's, he plays big BFG yeah. in the new Spielberg film. Uh, what did he win an Oscar time. for? He won an Oscar for uh, Bridge of Spies. Oh, did he? Yeah, mm-hmm. oh. and uh, Sliced Alone's dad got so miffed, he tweeted about how annoyed he was that this Englishman had won an award. <laughs> <and his son laughs> <missed out. laughs> wow. Because he's a people of colour as far as Sliced Alone's dad was concerned. <laughs> <laughs> but I do want to mention as well, during the BAFTAs... By the uh, way, that was a little shout-out to last week. And, uh, yeah. Has there been any fallout from last week? <laughs> no, no, we, no. We- we continued to debate. We continued to debate, and we <laughs> and we cut probably forty minutes worth of. Uh, I was of so debate. glad to hear the sound of you talking fade out at the end of the podcast. Last <laughs> <week>. <laughs> <laughs> Cry with joy. Uh, we won't bring it up again, although I already have. So let's, uh, let's yeah. carry on. That's a new. So there was a, a during the Baftas that while Wolf Hall won the award best drama, the director of Wolf Hall, Peter Kaminsky, got up to, to, to take the award and gave a vitriolic, passionate speech in defence of the BBC ahead of the government's white paper publication. It's expected in the next few days, I yes. think. And it's expected that this could recommend that the government takes a, a, a larger role in having a say in what the Beeb editorially puts out and chooses to do in the future and this is this means it could get rid of the trust the bbc trust could be gone and the independence of the bbc is under threat and there was amazing an amazing speech got a standing ovation from the director of wolf hall uh it's watched by the bbc one audience (laughs) (laughs) which is a big shame but a lot of people gave it a shout out as well a lot of people referred to it throughout the night as well which is good scary stuff uh, I also hope that uh, lighthearted if you uh, if you like in Game of Thrones there's a, there's a really funny SNL sketch I put up there they kind of took the, the mickey out of the slow pace of some of the oh. Game of Thrones plots there is spoilers in it so don't go and have a look unless you're up to date with the latest episode did anyone but watch the latest episode episode 3 I did not yet 
Oh, God, Jamie, you know, up until now, last week, you mentioned that you thought it was quite slow and um, I defended it this week. It really was 55 minutes, no, 59 and a half minutes of philosophy, followed by, again, 30 seconds of something exciting happening. It's because that's what happens in the books. As you get towards the end of the books, it's just like everything stopped. Well, do you know what? I I don't particularly mind that, but I think that these things are now made because the quality of the debate uh, of the philosophy is still good and the things you can get lost in that world. The problem is it being released. Oh, that's where it's different from the books. Right. The the problem is it's being released week on week and these things are made. Those that you really do get an exciting moment at the last minute and uh, having to wait another week without binge watching it is so frustrating. It finished and I just went, well, that was shit. One thing I do like about Game of Thrones, though, is that it's got some genuine funny moments in. Like, there's there's real like it. It has a lot, quite a lot of comic. Yeah, sort of that's what I mean. The quality is great. It's just it's not shit because of the quality. It's shit because yeah. you have to wait, and it's like you're gonna have to. When are networks and distributors gonna realise that these things now they must be given as a as a chunk? Otherwise, people yeah. are just gonna go illegal. That's what's gonna happen. And that's the thing. Like, and I think Game of Thrones is a perfect example of a show that you need to watch. Like, I wouldn't recommend anyone watches it now until it's all finished, so that you can binge it because it's it's got it's almost should be watched mm. in a binge format. It's perfect binge format material. And else outside of that, it's quite a frustrating watch, really. It's so hard to wait, though. Yeah. It is tempting me back. Mm. Oh, it's great. I mean, it's it's one of the best... Matt, did you just do a wee? Yeah. Sorry. Oh, no. <laughs> <laughs> no, I didn't. I didn't. I didn't. I poured myself some squash. Oh. We'll I'm re- sorry. I thought my mic was off. We'll sorry. replay that at the end of the podcast, and we will. You can if judge you want for at the yourself. end of the podcast, I can do an actual wee for no, you. No, no, no. It's all right. If that was a wee, it was very good control of the prostate to stop the wee midstream. <laughs> or a very bad prostate. My what prostate is strong as an ox. <laughs> Break a man's finger off. <laughs> Uh, is that it for news that's your news okay it's chart time um so this is a chart that's compiled by our algorithm department also known as ben and it is uh, the downloads of uh, all download broadcast and retail charts around the world taking into account both legal and illegal downloads depending on where you are it's a chart of a one of a kind and at number 10 this week it's flash at number nine it's wolf hall mentioned by jamie just then at number eight it's doctor who at number seven it's suits at suits difficult to get back into when they release a new series i think on netflix because it just seems a little bit weird it's weirdly thinner on the ground than the good wife it's almost like with the good wife i don't care about these rich lawyers uh and then with suits it's like they're rich lawyers who really care about wearing suits and it's a bit more sexist so i i kind of i've learned to care even less than i do about the good wife don't know if anyone's got any thoughts on that no, not clearly really not. not. Uh, number uh, five. Number Who's just put me on speakerphone? Oh, there we go. Uh, number <laughs> five. Fear the Walking Dead. Uh, anyone watching that yet? No. Is it any good? And this is the thing. As I, I said last week, that I think the the latest series is meant to be brilliant. Like first series was a bit ropey. 
this series I'm hearing is excellent. Like they found the rhythm and the identity of the show separate of The Walking Dead. Just remind me what the setup is. So it's it's trying to instead of starting with The Walking Dead from like a, a, a you know after the outbreak, this starts before the outbreak oh. of the zombies and leads into a, a, another group of people and how they cope with this impending doom. Is okay. the first series not very good because they start years before the outbreak? <laughs> yeah, yeah. They just, just, just someone just going, going to work, work and yeah. coming home. <laughs> <laughs> Downton Abbey's at number four this week, still oh riding. God, high. die, will you? <laughs> Night Manager <laughs> is at number three. Jack, what a shame that Work Experience Boy Jack isn't with us this week because at number two, it's Peaky Fucking Blinders. Uh, I watched the end of the first series of that the other day. It's Ooh. really good. Good. And at number one, Game of Thrones. Of course, that's going to be at number one for a long time. Yeah. Yes. Right. Good. Thank you, Ben. And uh, if you want to email us with your favourite box set at the moment, are we missing, you know, should there be something in that chart that isn't in the chart? Um, uh, then pop us an email on any subject. We love receiving your emails. Studio at theboxsetpod.com. Who can explain to me the premise of Man vs. Woman? Uh, Marsh has watched lots of it, yeah? Man mm-hmm, vs. Yeah. Woman, Man Seeking Woman. Marsh has watched lots of it. How many of you watched, Jamie? Uh, I'm into the second series and uh, about three or four episodes into the second series. So, so, I'm yes. guessing, so I think Matt's watched the least out of the three of you. Is that all right? I've watched mm. one. Okay, Matt, ah. set it up for us. Uh, so it begins with uh, the current main character, Josh, uh, splitting up with his girlfriend of four years, I think it is. Um, uh, it's literally they break up on her doorstep and he's leaving with his stuff. And then uh, it's about him. It's about the fallout from that. Okay. Um, and it, he's looking for, he's seeking a woman, is he? Yeah, the, the, the title comes from him setting up his uh, online profile on a dating app uh, where it asks you, are you a man or a woman seeking a man or a woman? Okay. Okay, good. Um, and what do you think, Matthew? Well... Oh, hang on a minute. Context. Who's in it, Jamie? Where does this sit? Who's made it? What's the, what's the background of this? Right, well, it's, uh, it's not that old. It's only two to three seasons in now. To, uh, it's based on a book written by Simon Rich called The Last Girlfriend on Earth, which is a series of short stories. And the, it's, it, it kind of, it, it's a story, like it says, it stars Jay Baruchel as a, a 20-something man in a romantic comedy setting, and it takes romantic comedy tropes and lives them out to very literal extremes in a very absurd way. And it's, it's got a great cast of people around it. Brilliant producers in Lord Michaels from Saturday Night Live. Also someone called Jonathan Crisell, who's worked on a lot of stuff like Portlandia and uh, Tim and Eric. So it's got a lot of really talented comic nice. people surrounding it. Did you write that down? No, I didn't. Gosh, you, you, you really does out of his sock speaks like a pistol. excellent prose sometimes, doesn't he? For such like a, a bone-idle human being, it's quite remarkable. <laughs> Matthew. What do you think of this trope-ridden um, com- 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 comedy genius quest? I think uh, that by the, by the by what it is, unfortunately, it is inherently derivative and quite boring. <gasps> oh, 
<laughs> it's always good when Matt's the guinea pig. And no, you know what? I'm lying. I loved it. It's brilliant. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, no. I know how you like conflict on the show, but this this is fucking great. This is really funny. <laughs> One episode in. It's, it, uh, it's got... There is a sequence in this episode. Can I talk about it openly? We don't care about it, right? Literally, his girlfriend uh, of four years starts dating again, and she starts dating Adolf Hitler, who has been been secretly living in Argentina for the last 80 years. And he he goes to this party, and there's fucking Hitler in a wheelchair (laughs) dating his girlfriend. And everyone is treating it like this is incredibly normal. (laughs) And what I think is so brilliant about it, his character is called Josh Greenberg and he introduces himself and Hitler goes, uh-oh. <laughs> I was watching this on the train on the way home, just shooting myself with laughter in front of 50 total strangers. It's so funny. And what I, what I think, and incidentally, Hitler's played by Bill Hader from oh, yeah, yeah. Uh, Saturday Night Live and Trainwreck. And, um, Great guy. And, uh, which, I, which I had no idea. I just saw that in the credits after. I thought it has to be like a good improv comedian because he's so funny. But what I love about this show is it takes these... Just wait a second. I'm still, I'm still getting over that joke. <laughs> it's so good. It's so funny. It's this, this, this poor little Jewish guy. I don't know if you know. What, what's the name of the actor? Sorry, Jim. Jay Baruchel. Jay, Jay Baruchel. Yeah. I've Baruchel. seen him in like several yeah, things. Yeah, yeah, he's yeah. in um, 40 he's, Year Old Virgin, isn't he's he? The voice of of, uh, he's the voice of the boy in How to Train Your Dragon, by the way. Mm-hmm. There you go. But yeah. he's always this kind of weedy character. And, uh, and it, it's, it's just... <laughs> it's, it's just brilliant to, ha- to have him there, kind of dealing with the fact that his girlfriend of four years, who he's still in love with, yeah, is yeah. like <laughs> cooing over Hitler. So what I love about the show, Marcia, and I promise, I promise, I was song. coming back to you, Marjorie. I'm so sorry. I, do, uh, I don't often <laughs> laugh out loud on trains, but I've just done the equivalent of that. Uh, and I've not seen it, Marsha, carry on. What's so good about the show, and this is like a perfect example of this, is they take these bonkers conceits and they all play it so straight. So he's turned up yeah. to the party and he goes there thinking that they're going to get back together. He's like, oh, of course, this is why she invited me. I'll bring her favourite wine. And as they're walking up the stairs, his best friend, uh, who's played by, um, what's his first name? I know his last name's Andre. Uh, brilliant, really, really funny comic actor. And they're walking up the stairs and then he's like, blah, blah, blah. Oh, yeah, he's... It's so great of you to come with the new boyfriend and he's like the new he's like new boyfriend and he goes yeah adolf and jane marichelle's character goes as in hitler and he's like oh cool you know oh, you know him what it does really well like as a show i mean i mean you can't beat matt's description as, as summed up how good that show is when it's at its best it's like it takes these you know really extreme sort of uh, absurd ideas and it follows them through to you know it really goes for them it goes health to leather like <laughs> the idea of uh, there's an episode later on in the series where you know the idea when this this relates to your wedding a bit how when people have to go abroad to somebody's wedding mm. and so in this in this example the wedding is held in hell in actual <laughs> hell it's like it's just really clever stuff like that but it follows through with it and like one of the things i was worried about with it as a show was that 
having these kind of very sort of set kind of extremes, absurd settings, could maybe you lose interest in the characters or not mm-hmm. care about them enough because of the of that sort of sketch kind of style of it. But it's brilliant. You really actually care about uh, the, his his character, his sister's character is brilliant, yes. and like you said, like his his, his housemate uh, Eric Andre is the actor who plays him. He's just brilliant, in it. and you really like get to know them and really enjoy them as like individual <clears throat> characters, even though they're in these extreme sort of worlds they've created. Yes, mm-hmm. and it takes the crutch that things like um, Family Guy leans on very heavily which is to just yeah. like go what if this for about a second mm. and then it but then it, as jamie says it follows through on that idea that's nice actually, because in family guy that actually gets incredibly tedious to do exactly and it plays out waves. the entire scenario so in again in this first episode he's put on, he's set up on a blind date by his sister and uh, his flatmates saying uh, oh you sh- you should always ask how they look and then they look across the street at this restaurant and there is a troll in a dumpster. <laughs> and and, and fa- Family Guy, it would be like the troll would walk in the door and then it would snap back to reality yeah. and they'd play out the actual blind date. Mm. But this, you watch him have the entire blind date with a fucking troll. <laughs> and, <laughs> and it is... Oh, and I it's think like it's referred back to the, the it just the, the world has this wonderful elasticity about it mm. where yeah. it's like there, there's you're you're, you're in a, a real situation you're talking about stuff they're talking about dating apps and all this kind of crap and then suddenly something so totally outlandish happens but the world just bends to 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 let it fit into itself and I I, I cannot wait to watch more this is exciting yeah. I've just never and heard. Something else I think about that is that they make you, like, once you get to know the characters, they make you care about it as if it's a drama, but it's constantly based in the hilarity of how ridiculous it is. So later on, after you've kind of already fallen in love with the sister, they then have a couple of episodes where it's woman seeking man, and it's from her point of view. And there's one, again, you you kind of figure out that this is going to happen from the first scene, so I don't think it's too much of a spoiler, but she has an affair with a married man, and there's all of the drama of having an affair with a married man except the married man is Santa Claus. And so (laughs) there's all the extra, like, like he runs Christmas, you know, he's really famous. (laughs) Brilliantly, you know, and they take these scenes that would be really sexy and they're kind of having a sexy, but it's also like, it's Santa. (laughs) Do you have... Uh, Matthew, any criticism of it because it's I've never heard you speak about something without <laughs> having pouring at least a you know a few milliliters of scorn onto it. I am drawing a blank. Wow! 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 Look at that! Jesus Christ! I have well. to say, on that line, I I usually am never someone who discovers TV shows by myself. I always go on recommendations. This one I stumbled across. There's a Netflix type service here called Show Me S H O M I, and I was on it. I signed up for the free trial because I was trying to watch another TV show called The Last Man on Earth. That so that was the only place I could find it. And then I was like, oh, I need to have something else. Jay Baruchel. I saw him in This Is the End and really liked him. I'll watch it. And the first five minutes, there's a conversation between his him and Eric. Andre's character and Eric Andre's his best friend and he's just like this total dude bro and um and he comes in and at first I was like oh no this tv show is the worst and then it went straight into the scene where he goes on the day with the troll and I was like no it's the best and I don't think I've ever had a tv show that I have and Matt is perfect uh, proof of this that I have loved so furiously from wow. one 30 minute episode yeah yeah I I'm think sold 
that's the weird thing is like like you said i haven't had anybody recommend this to me no it's not but it's only had like two seasons i marsha you were the reason i watched it because you, you were well you were the one who, who talked about it just said you should definitely give it a go but other than you i've not heard any like and i i do like look across uh, tv reviews and stuff to see what's popular and what's doing well i've yeah. not heard anything about this show no I've never heard of it yeah it's so which is bizarre. very surprising given who's in it and who's behind it yeah, yeah. exactly I, yeah. I don't i'm not sure how well it's doing in ratings wise I, but I'd, I'd be amazed if it's not doing well and i'm so surprised that people aren't like screaming about how good the show is uh, especially when it's two seasons in but I'd yeah and it. just it's, been given a third season it, and that lawn it must be doing all right then it must yeah. be is it man seeks woman or seeking man seeking you really have honestly <laughs> what's the matter with you well yeah. i'm just searching on itunes and it's not on man there either seeking woman um, you say it was on Amazon, Jamie, because I, I need to find a way to get more of it. Yeah, I believe you can access it on Amazon. Uh, <laughs> that, that would be the route I would go down. <laughs> Thanks, Jamie. And from a, Jesus. Can I add from an activist point of view, very good on very good on people of colour. Two of the four main characters, people of colour. Good one, Nancy. And I feel like it's really, it's really good in that respect. There's one episode where they're all talking about this hot girl and like, and and everyone hitting on her, and then and then another character turns up, the sister, and is like, um, excuse me, you don't have to hit on her just because she's hot. I feel like constantly all the way through, there's these little like, um, f- feminist, um, you know, and anti-racist, anti-homophobic things that just drop in. There's so many. This is what I was so going to ask. Yeah, because yeah, the the only thing I could say is that it's very um, male nerd heavy. It's very um, uh, Judd Apatow-y in that sense in the first mm, but episode. I feel like but it does is, that change? Like, yeah, yeah, it really... Yeah. But it really... But even with, you know, even with that, when when he's going on the date with the with the troll and when and he's kind of she's like you know but she's very smart and it's sort of this like open your mind thing because <laughs> at first you think oh it's gonna be really bad and I feel like all the way through in terms of of mainstream shows I think it might be the best in terms of all my it doesn't ping my activism alarms and on the contrary it's constantly standing up for things it's constantly um, not making those things. yeah it's brilliant it's brilliant and loads of yeah loads of people of color in it as well which yeah. Yeah, I'd rather say ethnic minorities, society. but that's fine. Um, oh, by the way, people of colour comes from Martin Luther King's speech, citizens of colour, he said in his well, favourite speech. maybe why it's agreed on as the phrase that we can all use. It might be, but he was, it was a long time ago as well. I'm not well. a big fan of Martin Luther King, to be honest. <laughs> no, no. Um, listen, um, I think that comedy's taking a very interesting step at the moment, and we've mentioned it the last couple of weeks on the podcast but um uh, Kimmy Schmidt I was saying about Kimmy Schmidt that it is be- it's unapologetic and it seems to be taking leaps and bounds beyond the formulaic there's a kind of belief that perhaps stems right back from French farce that, that, that comedy has to follow quite a specific structure in order for it to be funny like you have to have a world that's quite um that's quite rigid in order for the component parts of it to remain safe and therefore funny so like the old thing of you follow a rule like you walk along a pavement and then if there's a hole in the pavement that becomes funny well what the comedies seem to be doing 
that and the one that you're talking about seems to be breaking blowing the lid off of it slightly and and following the writer's indulgence it seems like perhaps studio interference and all of that stuff this, this benefit in the digital world of small teams of people making something great that's then bought by a yeah. larger thing seems to be working for that and I, and I want to do a shout out as well to Angie Tribecker has anyone watched any Angie Tribecker yet no, no, I've this, heard about it. This is a new one. It just started sort of last week, and it's starring Rashida Jones from uh, Parks, Parks and Rec, and Rec. Yeah. who is, by the way, Quincy Jones's daughter, interesting yes. fact. Um, it's starring her, female lead there, I think we should point out. Um uh, there may be some people who are ethnic minorities in it um, and people of colour as well. But it's written by Steve Carell, who is a white, middle-aged man. This is a problem. Um, it's not a problem. It's written by Steve Carell and it's directed by him. And it's bonkers. And I mean, it's airplane. It's airplane. It, it's like a, p- a police... Um, uh, what's the word that... Uh, Mel uses it a lot uh, to describe... You know, when it's fo- they follow a case. What's it called? Ah, what? procedural. A procedural. It's ah, a police right. procedural. It's like a. It's like a. The closest thing that I could compare it to is the uh, is the Leslie Jones one from the eighties. Leslie police uh, squad. Yeah, police squad. I'm getting everything wrong. What's his name? <laughs> Leslie Nielsen. Ah, <laughs> <laughs> oh, Jesus. Rashida Jones. Jones. Could have been worse. Leslie Nielsen. Um, <laughs> so anyway, it's <laughs> it's it's really really nuts. Like very little happens in terms of plot and just. Um, really really lame gags happen all the time or if someone says can you speak up a bit you know the other person will uh, scream to the point that their clothes fly off or whatever uh, it's it's mental and it is quite difficult i haven't had the same relationship with it as you have with this uh, it's because in the same way as airplane i always found the silliness so silly that it didn't compel me to come back the next week i knew what i was going to get it was great it didn't compel me to come back it reaches critical mass, doesn't it? That kind yeah. of Where you go, oh. But I think it's a sign, these three together, um, and probably other things, are a sign that the that comedy is really starting to flower in in lots of interesting directions. And that is great news. Yeah. It's interesting you say that. But, go on, sorry, Jimmy. No, so you go for it, Matt. Well, I was going to say, I, I, I don't know if that necessarily contradicts what you were saying about rules, because... Um, I, I do think that comedies still need to have that. They have to have their, and they can make their own rules, mm. um, but they they do need to have a consistency about the world. And I think that that's what the problem is with something like, and I'm going to mention it again, Scrubs, mm. is that it's um, it it breaks its own barriers as it goes on to to get laughs. Yeah, I think you're right, but I think I think what I'm saying is that the set of rules that was created has remained the same for a while. So, <clears throat> um, when, I see what you're saying. When okay. farce was created, you know, French farce, everything followed the same set of rules, and it feels like in the Big Bang Theory world and Family Guy and all of those things, they kind of not, nothing surprising in terms of those rules has come along. And all well, did of a sudden, you, did you really uh, enjoy like the sort of the, the really good British '90s stuff, like the the Chris Morris stuff? And, oh yeah, uh, yeah. 
totally for the same reason yeah and yeah but different you know in a satirical way um but definitely yeah amazing stuff have you ever seen jam has, ever, has everyone seen jam oh yeah yeah yeah, yeah yeah good yeah good okay well in that case let's not do that if everyone's seen it <laughs> <laughs> well someone might not there's only there's only uh, i bet jack hasn't seen it. it he was probably only a couple of years old when it was made jack's barely yeah. used a television let's face it <laughs> um well, brilliant. I am going to find a man-seeking woman. You've got to find yeah. her. And I think that, like you said, there's a lot of really good stuff around the moment. There's a lot of channels empowering comics and creative people to work on stuff. FX is a great example of that. That's a channel that's done man-seeking woman. And, you know, the work they've done with Louis C.K., just giving him money and telling him, this is all your, this is your money, mm. make a show. Mm. And he's made a, a, such a fascinating... Louis is such an unusual show. It's not even an out-and-out comedy. It's very thoughtful <clears> in places. <throat> Stuff like that. And then you've got Netflix, which is just... Allowing, Choking like, money Rick, at people. Yeah, because Ricky Gervais, like, uh, we're not always fans of him, but he did make a good point where he said, I can just go to Netflix. They'll let me do exactly what I want. And they've got an audience of 70 million subscribers or whatever it is. Maybe more Allow me... <laughs> let me say this, though. Isn't is, It is a shame, though, that the people who are given that freedom are always incredibly established incredibly powerful people like Ricky Gervais and people who've been on Saturday Night Live for 10 years and Steve Carell and Tina Fey you know but those those people have feelers that go out far and wide I mean it's it's the same as it's it's ever been but like the, the the studios now don't dominate everything and it's not all about demographic is I think the the positive that we can take from that Mm. and these people that you're talking about do want to foster new talent yeah. And I'm, I'm sure that, the, that there are writers and actors who have been found by these people through God knows how, what channels who are now getting chances that they wouldn't otherwise have got because these people can just go, this guy's got a great idea and I'm going to stand behind it and pitch it to Netflix. I'm sure our mm-hmm. studio knowledge full friend Ben will have something to add to this at some point mm-hmm. in the future. Well, yeah, I've got a very... Um, positive view of it then yeah and also this is maybe first wave you know like first of all the the people with big money are still terrified so first they give it to the steve carell's and the lawn michaels's and the um whoever's and then that opens the door you know once maybe. people see the success of all these shows it opens the door for other people opens to come the through. door finally for us <laughs> here we go everybody and the great thing about these kind of comedies is traditionally they don't cost much mm. so they can risks can be taken on them yeah yeah i mean i think louis ck his show costs every a season costs two hundred thousand pounds wow two hundred thousand dollars to make wow. and that's his budget to make 10 episodes and he, he pulls it off Jeez. has everyone seen that as well yeah, I, I've uh, only seen yeah. the first episode. The new one, Horace and Pete. Are we talking? No, about? no, Louis. Just uh, Louis. Louis. Yes, I've yes. seen the first episode of Louis. I, I really think that that might be one of the best box sets that's out there. Jesus. Yes, in any in any genre, it's fantastic. Yeah, yeah. I am incredibly from my directorial past. I am incredibly. Scrupulous over um, uh, improv- anything that's improvised, and the the first episode I thought was very good. There's just a potential. And this is why the four-episode rule exists, because I hate people who say this, like Marsha. People Mm. always find their own reason. But my reason is there is a potential that it's not something that I'm going to completely love because because it's so improvised. Mm. Um, Which is interesting that he's now sort of gone to Mike Lee and uh, got advice over Horace and Pete, I think. Especially as I asked Mike Lee a question once, and um, he said... (laughs) 
that's an excellent question. Uh, followed by, and security, could you escort him from the building, please? Were you asking him what he wanted for lunch? I asked him how my finger felt. snapped it off Um, (laughs) anyway um great thank you very much good one tonight uh i'm sold when matt said he didn't like it at the beginning i was heartbroken (laughs) obviously that would have been a better podcast and shame on you matt for giving in so quick that could have oh, been Marcia, awesome. Thank you for finding this. this. is the equivalent of finding like a entire dinosaur skeleton when you're excavating <laughs> to build a shopping centre. I never find any TV. It's so exciting to me that I'm the first person to tell everyone I know yeah, about well this Well done. Show. By the way, um, Dooley Hill is the name of an actor in The West Wing who is superb. Charlie in The West Wing. Isn't he great, Jamie? Yeah, yeah, I like Charlie. He's yeah. a guest on the third week of the new podcast. Uh, there's a new West Wing podcast you should check out. Um, that yeah, is Josh actually, Molina's doing it, isn't he? Josh Molina, who played Will in the West Wing, is, is hosting it, and they're talking through it all. It's really fascinating. It could be enough to get Marsha back into the damn thing. Um, it's really interesting. And Can I tell you that I did download those two episodes I said I would, and I had two 13-hour train journeys, and I ended up having time to watch no TV in spite of all well, that. still so. waiting for it. And... It's- it's, it's coming. Yeah, well, it, you watching that and Jamie watching Chuck has become not funny mm. anymore. So get on with it. <laughs> um, but Matt did mention on our private chat room this week that he thought Dulé Hill in the West Wing was the poorest actor in the I didn't West say Wing. That. <laughs> said that not only was he a poor actor, but it was, was testament to why people of colour should not be allowed on regular TV shows. That's no, what Matt did said. Not say that. Oh, he might not have said that. Yeah, I just Don't imagined you him saying our that. Sexy alarm. <laughs> Thank you very much. Um, go on, Matt. What did I you mean? He was the third, I said he was the third worst actor. The third worst actor. <laughs> yeah, and who are the, the other two? The worst is, uh, what's her name, uh, Moira Kelly in the first series playing Mandy. Oh, oh well, she gets is, binned at the end of the first series. Bad. She gets yeah. binned anyway. Yeah, the second is Rob Lowe as Sam Seaborn. How can you is, say that? He's just not as good as the rest of them. <sighs> he's the third worst. Nathan... Name another actor in the show who is worse than Rob Lowe. I think any of them are bad. I think they're all No, but, the, but if, you, if you're going to get into the nitty-gritty of it and figure out who is your favourite, <laughs> Rob Lowe is at the bottom of that pecking order, and then it's Dulé Hill. I'm not saying he's bad. Dulé he's Hill's... the third worst in a very, very good bunch. Well, I'm watching it again at the moment, and I think you're wrong. I think you should watch it again. I think he plays that character brilliantly. I really Who's do. worse than him? I don't have to look at things and decide who's worse. That's a twisted way to view the world, Matt. Do you sit on a train uh, carriage and go, right, who would I kill first in here? No, but I would. I, but you can go through it and go, who would you kill last? <laughs> <laughs> and they're the best. <laughs> but then, the one that you, then you have to work back from that. Okay. And the one that you would kill first will be the worst. You know what the thing is, like if if we, if you do think like Matt's thinking, then mm. I agree with you. Yeah, I actually have to agree with you. But I'm not. I don't think the bad actors, like Matt said. But if I'm thinking about who is the worst, and there's a gun to my head, I'd have to shout, "Dooley Hillston!" <laughs> exactly. There you go. It, you, you know, once once you've gone through all your favourites, eventually you are left with the one you like the least. Oh, there's so many I like less than Dooley. Give me but, one. All right, Alison Janney. 
You're oh, a dick. She's one of the top owl. two. Owl, that's ridiculous. Hey, Matt, I'm not, I'm not saying she's bad. I'm just saying when I pick my favourites, she's at the bottom of the list. Yes, but you're wrong and I'm right. <laughs> <laughs> uh, no, she's very good. But Charlie's got a tough part. It's a lot easier to play her, uh, her part than uh, Charlie's part. Howell, go away and think about it. <laughs> and find out if you actually agree or disagree with me. Um, I definitely disagree. I've already thought of that. I've, I've watched it every day this week and just gone, what the fuck is Wandless <laughs> talking about? I say Do it out loud. Do you genuinely believe that Alison Janney is giving a worse performance than Dulé Hill? No, I genuinely cannot say which one of them is worse. Then I am right. <laughs> <laughs> thank you for joining us, Marsha. Thank you, Matthew... And as ever, thank you, Jamie. See you next yeah. week. Are we, uh, what are we just? I think we're back onto Treme last week, next week. So yeah, if you haven't, time we did Treme. I'm going to be in France next week. So uh, have a good time without me. Lovely, south of France or south what? of France, Montpellier. Yeah. Ah, oh, Montpellier. Excellent. And Marsh, are you going to be with us next week? I'm not next week. I, I I have an appointment. I'm sorry, but I Treme. I'm not Listen a good to person to talk about it because I watched a lot and I did not get into it. Oh, okay. I tried really hard. All right. Okay, fine. <laughs> All right. Uh, see you next week for uh, Treme. Which, if you like music, you should like New Orleans, and that's where it's based. So um, let's see if we can find a way into that one. Thanks, everybody. Thanks. Let's, let's flash back to Matt's little wee now. Oh, there it. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> oh. 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 Nice. Uh, is the third worst. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.